everybody, and welcome to another episode of Middle of the Row, the podcast. This week, our friends at Netflix have given us another new release to dissect, and that is the Antonio Campos, uh, The Devil All the Time. Uh, this is an adaptation of a book, who the author is the narrator in the movie. Fun fact. You'll be happy to know that the first note I wrote down was there's a narrator in this okay. movie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now see. I'm even more upset about Giovanni Ribisi. <laughs> Campos and Donald Ray Pollock, I believe is the... Yeah, Paul, Donald Ray Pollock wrote the book. It looks like Campos wrote this with his brother, maybe? Mm-hmm. With the same last name? Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal produced this. But yeah, it is a southern gothic drama. Takes place... In a lot of time periods for the first 30 minutes of the movie before settling into the late 60s or early 60s. It stars Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, Riley Keough, Jason Clark, Sebastian Stan, Haley Bennett, uh, Eliza Scanlon, Mia Vasakaska, uh, Harry Melling, Robert Pattinson. And uh, those are the big name people and Pokey St. Louis Lafarge. But yeah, this director is someone who I've not seen as films, but I think I've I've heard of them and has always been interested in checking them out i just never did it uh simon killer and christine being the two that i was aware of but he assembled a great cast of young stars for this and i don't it just kind of didn't work for me though um it it deals with religion and faith and then it doesn't and i think i definitely enjoyed the the last third of the movie the most when it just kind of delves into a character thriller thing even if i saw every turn coming well, yeah it's like what it's been building to the entire yeah, time yeah so when it finally gets there it's like oh yeah so that was nice but at the same time it's like it just abandoned everything it was about it felt like beforehand but everybody's good in it the movie looks nice it doesn't look like a shitty netflix movie yeah i mean there's nothing nobody I, mean, I don't even know what performance. I mean, I think Riley Kehoe and um, Eliza Scanlon probably give the best performances in the movie. Sebastian Stan is like actively weird, and I don't even know what he's doing in this movie. Um, <laughs> same with, I mean, Pattinson's being Pattinson, uh, having fun, but with the voice and everything. But yeah, it's been a while since I've seen a Pattinson movie. So when he started speaking, I was like, "Wait, is that his voice?" <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sorry for interrupting. I no, you're good. I ultimately would not recommend the movie. Um, I I heard a lot of people complaining that it was like misery porn, which I mean, I guess. I mean, that's a valid criticism. I mean, I, I guess you say. could say that, but like, <laughs> like the narration is also like some of the worst narration I've I've seen in a movie in a while. I feel like. It, it is like well, it's also just like it's not. It, it felt like it didn't feel like obvious. a narration. It just it's felt very like obvious. it felt like it just felt like exposition dump after yeah. exposition dump. Which I mean, narration is that yeah. sometimes, but at least like all I got from this was like, man, I wish this was San Elliot and the Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it felt was... it felt very Cohen esque in that. I mean, not just right? because of yeah. his voice, but it also seemed to be going for humor. Which it which fell flat. Well, yeah, like, I mean, like they, I think on two occasions at least they like give you the inner thoughts of someone's right before they die, and it's like, is it supposed to be darkly humorous or is it supposed to be like 
overly tragic. Like, I didn't even know how I was supposed to really take that kind I honestly of stuff. don't remember anything the narration said. <laughs> that doesn't surprise nope. anybody who listens to this podcast. <laughs> I don't know why. I just can't. I don't know. You, I just ignore it. You remembered the... You remember there was an error. Yeah, only because so I wrote progress. it down. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. Lauren has some, it's like face blindness, but like mm-hmm. if she doesn't he, see someone talk, she doesn't know <laughs> what's happening. Narrator, narrator deafness. Or yeah, something. when you only, like... when you see someone talking into a phone, but you don't see the other person, it's just a one sided conversation. <laughs> <laughs> talking to themselves. It, if someone is talking to you, but you can't see them, are they really there? That's my Lauren twist <laughs> on mean, if a tree there's... falls in a forest. There's a reason I hate phone calls. It's like everyone just, it's like a prank call. <laughs> Who is this? No one's there. <laughs> is this my mom or is this the mailman? <laughs> I think I'm talking to the guy from the Virgin <laughs> Giovanni Ribsy is going to call Lauren one of these days and she's not going to know. It's like, hello, hello? Just, just stop calling me. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> I don't know. This was a weird one. Like, I, someone asked me what I thought as soon as I finished it, and I was just like, I don't really know what to say. I, so I just wrote them. I think I liked it, but I also didn't, but maybe it was good, but I'll never watch it again. So it's like, yeah. I, I guess I actually liked it more than you did, though. Like, I enjoyed mm-hmm. the journey. I thought a lot of the performances were good. I hated it 30 minutes in very much yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. I think if it would have been more straightforward in the be- I think the beginnings the, the choice to well, it's like it builds to throw up, like it, four different time yeah. periods at, yeah. over 30 yeah. was really confusing. It builds up all of these characters and it doesn't do anything yeah. with most of them. It's like yeah. it builds yeah, like, like it just I don't know. I got I was kind of bummed that they did the time jumping around and breaking it up kind of, it felt like Witcher kind of in that way the new show. And then mm. they gave up with that after Witcher, like halfway Witcher? through or something. The Witcher. Oh, Witcher. the Witcher. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it also like it doesn't. And it'd be like one thing if it was like to build some suspense. Mm-hmm. But then when like they tell you the finale of one of the other threads you're gonna watch for yeah. 15 minutes, it's like yeah, it's really it was really weird. Yeah, now, it was not confusing. I understood what was happening, but it was just like it, it just was some felt odd choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. and it. The book, it feels a, a bit episodic. Mm-hmm. It went it went so far out of its way to explain so much in the beginning, mm-hmm. and then the the last like two thirds are just so much slower. Like even if the back third or so is the best part of the movie, mm-hmm. the pacing just feels so different from everything else. And I just it feels like it, it keeps changing tonally. I mean, it's depressing as hell the entire way through. But just like I feel like it's going for different things at different times, and just yeah, I was un- I, I was unmoved by it throughout. I, I, it didn't I, I just wrote down the like it's the Lord works in mysterious ways. The movie. <laughs> so. I I was, I think Robert Pattinson's character had the biggest effect on me. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, again, like everyone, like you said, like everyone in this movie is great. I think. I wanted more Pattinson. I wanted a lot more Skarsgård. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Tom He's Holland creepy as is great. <laughs> like, I don't want more of the pedophile. <laughs> well, well, are we going spoilers or? No, you know he's I a don't. pedophile from the trailer. Or he's is it is it fair, is it explicit in the trailer? I, I don't know. I actually, I didn't. I guess it. it's not explicit. Okay, block trailer, or block. So just beep yeah. that out. I actually didn't yeah, watch the he's... trailer till after the movie. So I was like, mm. oh, so this is what this movie was supposed to be about. I didn't know what all they showed in the trailer, so it was interesting. I was like, they gave away a lot of the movie in the trailer. 
No, yeah, Netflix is good at that. And I mean, like, I feel like Riley Q and um, Jason Clark. Jason Clark. I was gonna say Jason Isaac, but I know that's not correct. I think that's why, because they get Isaac Clark. That's the Dead Space guy, and then I have Jason Isaac, Jason Clark. That's <laughs> my brain works in weird ways, just like Jesus. But um, <laughs> it uh, he, they just wait. Are you know. saying like, your brain works in weird ways, just like Jesus's brain, or like? I'm confused on the grammar here. No, it's Jesus works in weird ways. No, I know. I get, no, I'm trying to deconstruct yeah. <laughs> the joke in another humorous way. It failed. Never mind. Bleep this out, Zach. Say, Bleep this no. out. <laughs> no, I'll leave that in. Um, uh, it's, it, they just, they, like, I, again, I would have liked more of them. Yeah, like, like, it's an interesting idea, but they don't get into the psychology of anybody's right? thoughts. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, why they are they probably have, it? like, they probably have the least amount of screen time out of everybody. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, and, and that, I mean, they're they're so essential to the final third of the movie. The, the couple, yes, but like the plot of the final third of the movie, but like, yeah, they're like, it's, yeah. Kehoe has a lot of interiority going on, but like, it's the most obvious. Like, I wish I didn't yeah. have to fucking do this all the time. You know, like, yeah, there wasn't much it's more like, to it. it I, 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 it's like you're I, regretting regretting decisions you've made. So is everybody. I, in this I, I also want to. Okay? I also want to say I think Clark's motivations or the motivations of Clark's character were purposely and intentionally hidden to prompt some sort of thought line from the audience. But at the same time, we shouldn't. Part of me, the fact again, the fact that we see what their deal is multiple times before the end, that, like there could have been so much more yeah. tension, other than it, you, waiting for the obvious in the last I, third uh, of the maybe, movie. I don't know. And when you have this narrator who goes into these characters' headspaces all the time, mm-hmm. and he's like, "No, nah, I'm just not. I'm not going to go into this one." It's like that's that's probably the most interesting person we could have like. <laughs> God, you the narrator was very generous to me because like, he didn't talk about anyone else either. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I just I remember him briefly talking in the beginning, and I was just like, "Oh, we're going to West Virginia. Are we going to hear that song again?" And then it was too early to get the song. <laughs> <laughs> when I first watched it, I gave it three and a half. I was gonna say the more I thought about it, I moved it down. I'm like, it's fine-ish. Like, I wouldn't tell somebody not to see it, but I'm but also not going to, like... why would you tell gonna, somebody like, to see it? What do you gain out of watching this movie? Nothing. Yeah. And that's, like... Yeah, it's, like, so it's There's not... There's not like, a I'm great performance. Like, There's not an incredible use of... I would say... I would say the performances are great, but it's, like, they don't... The performances, The performances like, are good. Nobody's bad. get anything across. They're, they're all like, good. They just don't... Yeah, yeah. I don't just, like... It's, there. like... These performances are wasted in a story that, I guess, is just kind of pointless there was interesting performances that weren't given enough depth to be something exactly yeah john you have not talked about this yet uh yeah because i'm gonna be the lone duck that pretty much disagrees with a lot of what people are saying hey i gave it three and a half stars i will say so i do want to kind of confront some of the some of the warts although i i i don't necessarily think they're warts in some sense of the writing of this film which i think is probably the biggest uh, the biggest area of, of flaws. And I, and I, in the shower, I was thinking about kind of like different writers and different writing styles. And oh I, and I, I started to think about like JJ Abrams and like the force awakens where it's like, he tells you something and you as an audience member are going to be like, 
so this is going to happen, right? Because you know it. And JJ's like excited, like, yeah, yeah, see what I'm pointing to? I'm referencing this. This is cool, right? And kind of how self-referential The Force Awakens was. And then I think about, like, um, we We don't need to litigate that here, but I would tend to disagree with you. <laughs> and then I think about, like, M. Night Shyamalan, where it's like, he tells you something, and then it's it's either you predict what's going to happen and he says, no, 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 but then gaslights you the entire time when you were right the entire time. <laughs> or he says, no, it's this thing. And it's something completely out of left field. And you're like, what the fuck? I'm not, like, what? this isn't like, this is just so random. And then uh, Another thing not to litigate, but if every single one of M. Night's movies were released without you knowing it was him, I don't think anybody would predict almost any of his twists after the sixth sense. Um, that's my do you, That's a fair point. Because you would not be going that, in. I just want to say, Split that's a common argument, right? <laughs> that's a common argument that people have. I mean, he and he, I mean, he has done movies with twists that we still didn't see coming. And I will so. argue the one that had the twist that everyone probably saw coming, The Village, was probably the most enjoyable for me. So, I don't know. Anyways. And then there are then there are writers, <laughs> like, I think... of Signs? Quentin... I guess Signs was... Uh, the Water? Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say I mean, like water. I didn't know if that counted as a twist. <laughs> Basically, like God is or supporting them in their battle. Speaking of like, Jesus, <laughs> Signs, another great movie. Terrible lead lead actor, but good movie. Yeah, um, he's a fantastic lead actor. He's a yeah. terrible. Let, lead. Let, let's say let's say <laughs> fantastic <laughs> lead performance. <laughs> terrible person performing. <laughs> And then you have then you have writers like Ryan Johnson, I think Quentin Tarantino, and especially Quentin Tarantino that can do this these type of anthological pieces where they say something and present with you something and you try to predict it and they'll be like, "Well, not quite." And then tell you how their version's going to be different. And you're like, "Oh, that's so much more thoughtful and like entertaining or whatever." Or they'll do something completely different, but it'll also be entertaining and thoughtful and great, especially like Ryan Johnson and The Last Jedi. And then there's this movie and the writing where the writers or the storytellers present you with something and you say, okay, so this is going to happen next, right? And they just look you square in the face and say yes and then punch you in the face with a brick. <laughs> and it's like, there's no subtlety and there's like, it's completely telegraphed and there's no real um, effort to not telegraph the next moves. But for whatever reason, I think depending on who you are and who the audience is, you will find yourselves affected in either in in some ways. Um, and I think as someone who the argument though isn't that it's predictable and that hurts the movie. Like, I don't need the movie to have twists and surprises. I'm just saying it it undercuts its own dramatic tension by talking about things in advance and it doesn't gain anything by doing it so the reason why i disagree is because i think in retrospect it offers a lot of reflections on um not just modern or not just or excuse me not just past um like american southern religiosity but sort of how that has progressed and um evolved into modern american religiosity and i i think it's i think if you're the type of person and again this is this is tough because then this means it's not gonna resonate with a lot of people but i think if you're the type of person that is interested in those sort of topics and especially someone who belongs to that like worldview 
I think this movie is going to give you a lot to ponder and meditate on because I think this. So what's the what's the evolution though? Like, well, the idea that there are dumb yokel who believe anything, no, 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 not turns into person who will use violence, but at the same time, the violence piece doesn't really work because it's coming from an non-religious person no i think I, I don't know i don't see the path i don't see the arch there i think so the the person who becomes the main character tom holland's character are we getting into spoilers mm-hmm. why don't you tell us if you like the movie and we i love the movie i gave it four and a half stars and i'm gonna recommend it Great. to oh mo- again okay. i'll probably recommend it mostly to friends and fellow people of faith but i yeah yeah, and other people who don't remember narration because the only thing I remember be- having spoiled for me was Mia was a Kowska character arc. Yeah, yeah. It's like, did yeah, he do that for everyone else? Because I definitely I ignored it. <laughs> I think um, I think one thing, though, to comment on some of the other pieces, I love the score. I love the cinematography and just kind of the the lighting that really captured that portray- that that time in the American South. Uh, I loved how the... The score could be pleasantly serene to capture that environment and that and that setting, but then also at the same time become eerily haunting and nebulous. The performances, the performances were incredible. I think all of them across the board. I think there are some problematic aspects of put- misogynistic portrayals in this, but I also think that's there's nothing. Pro- it's it's time appropriate. No, that's the thing. I, I think, think it's time it, appropriate, it's not, and I think it's, it's I think it's a commentary above that. This is yeah. this is is very much what it was like. Well, yeah, like I think that was the best thing it had going for it. That yeah, life did fucking suck this much. <laughs> it just so <laughs> it sucks because as a result, so many of so many of the character, the female characters specifically, are not granted agency in the story necessarily or their or their their story arc okay i no can agree other with you purpose. that like it doesn't dive in that deep to them but it doesn't dive deep into anybody though i'm agreeing with you but i wouldn't hold that against the film being slightly it's biased like, yeah. it, it, it's yeah, a no. it's a problem for every character no, no, in my yeah. book it's just because it it's all it's all surface level it doesn't i disagree it doesn't I do, dive I, into anything i don't think it's surface level. okay well we have now one. That you pointed out it's like so many of the female characters get pushed to the side as the movie goes. No, this is true. Yeah, and I and I think that's just the again, it's done so intentionally and it's done so because there's a message and a commentary it's making. But it's just unfortunate because first of all, so many of those actresses are incredible in it, and it's just it's just frustrating that we like it's just another story about that, right? As opposed to mm-hmm. being about like female empowerment despite it or something like that. So I would say it's not even about that, but we can talk about that in spoilers. Now, I just really want to watch that Carrie Mulligan movie that we didn't get this year. I think they're going to save it till next year. I mean, they're going to need movies next year. Nobody's been shooting mm-hmm. any movies this year. So, I mean, I think that we've, we've seen that shift is most everything's going to move to next year and they're going to hope COVID's not a problem. One thing I do want to say that I think is very s- smart and just gives, again, gives me something to ponder about that. I forget what the line was at the beginning. Um, but the narrator says, like, it seemed like Willard was fought, Willard and his son fought the devil all the time. And this, this movie poses the question as to, like, with your worldview, with your perspective, which, with the meta narrative that arguably everyone sort of adopts in their mind's eye, um, who is the, who is the antagonist? Who is the ultimate adversary? And who is that for the various characters and people in this story? Who is, who is the devil that they are fighting all the time? 
And with that, when they ask that story and or ask that question and ask you to explore their stories, it goes to show you how they become within society, essentially the devil all the time. And I thought that was a very powerful statement. I don't buy it, but we'll talk <laughs> about it after this. Two soft recommends, one exuberant recommend, and one non-recommend. We're all across the board on this one. So if you want to hear oh, me and what, John argue. What, one other th- but- hold on, sorry. One other thing. One thing that did frustrate <laughs> me is that like I love it when European actors can come play American, not just like modern American people because like whatever, but like historic American roles with like accents and that kind of thing like that's entertaining but also could we not hire just a goddamn american to play like like someone like so much of this movie i think the allure of this movie especially in the marketing is hey we've got bill skarsgård and robert pattinson and tom holland and um the chick from alice in wonderland i'm not saying that demeaning i don't know how to pronounce her name mia vasakaska perfect um we've got all these (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, and I think uh, Lenora. I love was how Australian. the Canadian is going hard into U.S. nationalism right now. <laughs> hey, I grew up here. Um, if you want to watch a great movie about things like this, Sean and Penn would have been awesome space. in this role. Matthew in McConaughey. John, southern... what do you think about a British man playing Superman? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Mia Vaskakowska Stoker <laughs> is a great Southern Gothic drama. Thing. Like that's what you should Matthew watch. McConaughey and Woody Harrelson, two amazing American actors who did this genre already and did it fucking fantastic. How are they going to be in this movie? I don't Everybody know. Everybody in this movie is under twenty five. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I just that what's his face? Uh, Jason Clark. Jason Clark. Jason Clark. That's true. Yeah. Jason, yeah. Matthew McConaughey could have killed that part. Um, okay. So from Matthew McConaughey could probably kill any part. <laughs> He's in that realm of actors that, like, you cast him as anything, and I would be like, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the crazy thing about Matthew McConaughey is having finally seen uh, Dazed and Confused, like, fucking anyone could have been Wooderson, man. Like, Wooderson, what a joke of a person. <laughs> what a joke of an existence. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nobody could be that part. He's iconic. Nobody he's like, could literally he's be iconic, that character. But there's nothing, like, re- like... He's iconic because he was that part. Like, it's not... Which makes it mean nobody else could have played the part. I disagree. I don't know. (laughs) The Devil All the Time. See it, maybe. And with that, uh, we're going to get into spoilers. So, spoilers? So, spoilers. With that, we're going to get into spoilers. So, spoilers? Mm. Sure. Spoilers. 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 All the spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. What was going on with this Sebastian Stan's cheeks, though? Like, how was he? I think I saw something fly out of his mouth at one point. Like, he was stuffing them like Marlon Brando or something. Oh, I did not notice. His che- he was his cheeks were like three times bigger than his head. Maybe was he got his wisdom teeth removed. Yeah, it was removed, like he was storing know. something for the winter. So I think. Zach, one of the things that I think is so interesting is that, first of all, we start with Bill Skarsgård, who we assume is going to be the main character, and actually takes up a good chunk of the beginning. Except the trailer tells you he dies. That. No, I mean, fair enough, but like, I... <laughs> I didn't know he died in the trailer, but I just assumed... Well, I mean, they like, keep talking started, about him like... in, like, 
the past no, this is like true. here's your dad's I guess, gun no i guess you're true i know i guess you're right i think one of the things that i found impressive was how invested i was in his story while still knowing that he was an ancillary character but i think defend see, his for art, me the though. whole time defend. i was just like hmm, i wonder when we're gonna see the boy grown up into tom holland <laughs> like that was like my entire thing like I knew that's where it was going. I'm just like, okay. Talk about Skarsgård's art, because I, I, it's really weird in that he's a guy who followed a faith rightfully after experiencing mm-hmm. war, gets it back, and then is so fucking into it, he murders his kid's dog, and then, like, two days later, he's, like, gonna commit the ultimate sin of killing himself, so he cannot even join his wife in heaven. So, I, I, I don't, what's the, what, what what's going on there? I, I'm not being demeaning. Yes. I'm curious. No, no, no. Yeah. This is think. the part where, again, yeah. it kind of you realize that it's his arc, and as invested as I was in it, serves the serves the 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 development of the main character, which is Tom Holland. So Tom Holland's first interaction with someone of faith is his father, who is arguably in it for super transactional, superficial, and ultimately dissatisfying reasons. His second interaction with someone of faith or people of the same kind of like ilk of faith is his sister is his sister and his i would argue his grandmother as well yeah i would put them in the same vein and their and their faith leads them to well, patents well it's well <laughs> what's interesting is that like theirs is also like deeply devoted and as deeply devoted as um as bill scargas scarsgard as willard's but theirs is also there's a contrast between their always hoping and always waiting for a result and then being let down and being embarrassed and ashamed by that. Whereas Willard's, there's like this hope, but then there's also action. Like the contrast of him like being deeply devoted to God, but then also at the same time telling his son to finish the fight and then going after the guys who like mocked about like raping his wife. Like there's there's this action which then puts a contrast in the character of Arvin, where it's like, well, yeah, my dad's faith was like unsatisfying and probably false and just as false as theirs, but at least he did something by it. At least it motivated him to like call out or act upon injustice. Yeah, the best day of his life. The one thing I remember the narrator saying the oh, best gosh, day of his yeah. life was the day he watched his dad almost kill someone and then his mom died. <laughs> yeah. Who who looks back on that shit being like Good Yeah. Times. I have a very important question. Yeah. If you're face down in mud, does it count as drowning or suffocation? Suffocation, I would think. No breathing. Because you wouldn't have, <laughs> you probably wouldn't have fluid in your lungs. You wouldn't have died because you're. What lungs, if it's super but, watery mud? Well, then it's a toss coin. Flip. <laughs> it's like, Depends on the coroner. It's like dirty drowning. Devastation out of sight. Chances are. And if are we know dynamite. anything about coroners, they don't lie. Mm-hmm. Even if they're drunks, they don't <laughs> lie. <laughs> also, like. I feel like they went too hard on establishing Pattinson as the villain, like from the get-go. It's like, but okay, so that's the, the other thing, thing we though. See him do, I, I, the first thing we see him do is to shit all over Arvin's grandmother's, like her. Honestly, like, during that speech, though, dude, I didn't fuck, know what he man? was saying. Like, I was like, "Is this an insult or what?" <laughs> yeah, sure. I, it was kind of ambiguous <laughs> I'm to me too because all I, these chicken livers. So you know, when you have to eat them. <laughs> um, but uh, so then that's the third aspect, right? So now you have. Like, his first interactions with people of faith are people who are just, like, 
unsatisfied and like not like they don't get anything from it but now his last one is with someone who is deeply manipulative and taking advantage of it right and so i think that i think but that faith plays... does not drive any of tom holland's decisions in the back half of the oh movie. no I, I, but i don't think it is i don't think it's grounded by faith i don't think tom holland is someone of faith i think what this... i was say it didn't drive him in the first half either no, yeah. I agree. No, no, I think what it he is... He was never like, oh, I give up on my faith. <laughs> I mean, he did. He did. It seemed... The no, kid, it, no, little but kid it seemed, it seemed... Yeah, yeah I mean, it seemed like I, very early in his life, he was like, yo, faith is for suckers. <laughs> I don't know what we're yeah. doing here. No, John, I, go ahead. I think this movie is asking, especially people of faith, to contemplate the interactions of those without it who have these really meaningful and thoughtful and harrowing interactions where they are forced to doubt it or question it or suspect it and ask, why is it that they we don't have good answers for this? Or even more this appropriately, being, why is this person not believed? No, why why is it that we don't have answers for like the for these questions? For these questions of like why do bad things happen? So like even though Bill Skarsgård's character prayed so fervently, his wife still died, or the fact that he sacrificed his his son's dog. Like why did that happen? Or even I guess. I think there's a, there's a, a, an ancillary point when we talk about the other Reverend Roy Lafer, which, by the way, Dudley Dursey from Harry Potter. Did anyone catch that? Yes. I, he's, been, he's been popping up. He was in the last, he was in Coen Brothers movie, Orating, and he was also in The Old Guard as okay. well. I didn't realize that. Yes, until I was you, like, Old Guard. Okay, guy? the whole time I was watching this, I was like, how do yeah. I know this person? He did. He was the, he was the gotcha, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. He was, he was so good at that. Um, so the question of like, why do we, why do people of faith not have good questions or good answers for these questions about faith or these, um, suspicions towards faith? And also to the second point, why is it that these interactions or these experiences of faith that are so negative outweigh incredibly meaningful and incredibly positive interactions of faith which at the very beginning of the movie bill skarsgård fell in love with his wife because his wife acted out the parable of the good samaritan there was a guy who like came in and had needs and was like turned away and she was like no i'm gonna help with her before that just fyi he was checking her out as soon as he saw fair enough the narrator told us as much i'm guys i'm starting to remember things (laughs) the narrator said I, I think that was the tipping point, though, right? And that was, if anything, maybe laid a seed in the character of Willard to say, no, maybe there's something, even though his wife didn't, like, um, it wasn't overt as to whether or not she was a person of faith or not. It, it, it laid the ground for him to be more optimistic or more um, considering See, of I, faith. Yeah, but he ultimately commits suicide. It didn't work. He had seven years where he was faithful, as, as far as we know, because it skips past all of that. And, yeah, and, guess, and he didn't in get his what he own church. For, he lost it. No, and, and that's and yeah. that's the question, right, Zach? That's the question that it it wants people of religious affiliation to answer. What's the question that Willard was challenging? Why do with? quote unquote religious people do shitty things? Why okay. are people of deep faith not rewarded sometimes for their belief? Um, like how do? But how I mean, we... I mean, those are but those are questions. Like, I can say, 
why wasn't he rewarded is because cancer's a son of a bitch and can't be stopped by a possibly non-existent force you know like but i understand but you but that's but the question is not being posed towards you a person who doesn't have faith the question's being posed towards because we are forced to take on the perspective of tom holland's character arvin who from the get-go like you guys said is his ingrained in his story is a suspicion of american southern religiosity and Mm -hmm. and every time he is confronted with a question about it or a doubt for it he is not given a positive answer do you think the movie is i mean you do i I know the answer but the movie the movie makes it seem like an easy choice for him though from the stuff that we see that he doesn't see like dudley murdering mia vasakaska because he apparent thought he was a prophet from god Mm -hmm. um the spider whispered in his ear to resurrect his wife that how that I don't understand how that train got connected, like where that train of thought came from. He was in a closet he for got two bit. weeks. He was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like he got bitten by spiders because, like, I think that, like, that's the sign that his faith wasn't working. No, that was a sign for him that he was being tested and he had to be better. <laughs> yeah, and also it 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 hurt his brand that he was bit, so he needed to find a new. So, do you think he was truly? I guess I believe that he was a person, a true believer. Mm-hmm. Oh no, for I sure. Was, and yeah. Yeah, I think it thing. faces us to confront, like, what do we think about these people who we think are batshit crazy, and by all metrics, are demonstrably wrong and like misled. You shouldn't have... talk about yourself that way, John. <laughs> <laughs> but ha- sick burn. <laughs> Listen, I ain't never da- danced with no snakes before. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But have this deep-rooted, very genuine, authentic belief that's that, again, might not be grounded in anything, but is something that gives them a perspective and gives them a worldview. And it's one that they use, arguably, or they think they're using for positive means, right? Like, the... Him killing his wife is terrible and, again, Mm -hmm. evidence that he is misled. But Mm -hmm. he didn't do it because he was malicious like Robin Pattinson's character. He did it because he was deeply convicted he was being tested by God. The right. So I think I put my finger on the problem. You're seeing these questions as a person of faith. But do you think the movie is actively asking that? Like, is the text and language of the movie proposing that question to the viewer? I think... Are you are you are you think you're only picking up on this because these are things that you already think about and challenge yourself with? No, I think it is, but I think the reason why it, I think the movie fails in making it relatable enough to people who don't have that perspective, though. And I think so. Again, with the writing, that's like kind of the flaw of it. Are you inclined to read the book? Yeah. What's interesting is the book was was also like mixed in its acclaim like some people really loved it and some people Mm -hmm. were like oh there was a great quote hold on i'll just talk about robert pattinson's voice because i was reading through my notes so like i have some friends recently who have been (laughs) sending me so many tiktok videos that when i was watching his performance i was like is he lip syncing it's like is this his voice i still don't believe it's his voice (laughs) i think there was a lot of it felt like there was some good adr going on yeah so the new york times josh ritter i don't know who that is um sickly Describes its prose as sickly beautiful as it is hard-poiled. Pollock's scenes have a rare and unsettling ability to make the reader woozy. The ends of the chapters flicking like b- black horse flies off the page. Um, that's like super positive. 
Um, <laughs> the, the Oregonian Jeff Baker said, the novel reads as if the love child of Flannery O'Connor and William Faulkner was captured by Cormac McCarthy, kept in a cage out back, and forced to consume nothing but onion rings, Oxycontin, and Terrence Malick's Badlands. <laughs> Which, if anything, makes me just want to, like, except for Oxycontin, um, like, re- look into <laughs> that stuff more, because I haven't read Southern Gothic literature in the vein of Flannery O'Connor of William Faulkner. I haven't seen Badlands, which I've heard is Have incredible. Have you experience, experimented with onion rings, though? Um, onion rings, <laughs> I've got a very solid onion ring recipe, Ben, that I will I will post in the Discord. <laughs> so let's talk about... I would love talk to talk about... about the other aspects of the film, though, like the cinematography. The sh- like Because one of the things that I did find really powerful is the scene where... Um, I almost said Bucky, um, where Sebastian Stan's character... We call him Buck Beak in our house, just FYI. Why Why Buck Beak? Amy's weird. To bring it back to Harry Potter. <laughs> um, there's the scene where she's grab- where he discovers all the negatives of That Jason was the Clark. best part of the movie. That and was the most... That, but that was the only cinematic flourish in the whole movie, I felt like. No, for sure. And I was everything like, oh, where's is, this? Yeah, everything else is... Where was like, more of this? <laughs> more subtle and more about... Like, to me, more about the lighting and just, like, the naturalistic lighting. You're talking about when he gets the pictures... At the very end, when he finds the dark room, and it's, like, a montage of the negatives. And it's all the, the negatives. negatives. The that, negatives. Was, that was brilliant. Yeah. That was it the best adds part an of the eerie aspect. And again, it's so simply dumb. It's just, like, a negative of a photo. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, it makes these already uncomfortable and disconcerting and, like, very malevolent uh, images that much more like it it heightens it so much which would have been even more well i guess it'd be less interesting but the, the thing the thing that works against it though is that it's not a reveal to anybody like it's incredibly stylistic and well executed but it doesn't add it, it, it's 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 it, it doesn't the viewer doesn't have the same reaction like it's a big reveal because, to yeah. Stan's character, but to us, it's not doing anything because it's something we already know what was happening. It's just yeah. very interesting. Yeah, no, for sure. And with Stan's character, we don't really like empathize with yeah. him very much. So, it, like, it just it, it really is a hollow moment. It also felt like, despite looking really cool, it it also felt like we got short. Like him being the cop who is found, found Arvin. Arvin at the in the beginning. Feels like he was supposed to have an arc as mm-hmm. well that just didn't really get. Like I imagine the book is a lot more interesting as this young cop yeah. dives into the darkness. Yeah, he was definitely the weakest character for me. Yeah, but I, I, I liked his. I liked the idea of his arc, like exploring the idea of ambition, especially. Well, the ambition and diving into crime, and but we get two scenes, and like he turns like I, I don't know, like I. It, it happens. Everything happens so fast. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if it would have been better as a miniseries, which I don't usually advocate for. But it just like to keep all these characters in here, there was just not enough to get to know why. Ooh, that would have been so interesting, actually, Zach. That's a good point. I I will say I do think this also this made me think of like Tarantino <coughs> films and that are super anthological I, I and like don't, I don't get that at all. Just put my well, just so many well, so many Ben. Go ahead. Sorry. I do think most books would probably, like, if you make an adaptation, it would probably be served better as a miniseries, just because... Of length. Like, 
Yeah, like I, I just he could have reviewed Charlie Kaufman. He did an amazing job at adapting <laughs> a book into a. No one cares, Zach. <laughs> the Charlie Kaufman fans. There are dozens of us. Dozens. <laughs> like Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, and like I feel like Qu- I've actually appreciated Quarantino. Not Quarantino. Tarantino more as his character list has like shortened. So like there's not as many characters to keep track of and and so they st- they still like weave and like interact in like interesting ways but so like Inglorious Bastards and like Once Upon a Time I think are my favorites by his um but then in this film that's also Actually that's actually an interesting point you bring up like I, I just now that I'm thinking about it it's like my ranking of like those movies they get better as there's like less characters that it focuses on I need to have a Quarantino uh, film festival Cuz I mean it's like it's like Kill Bill, the Kill Bills are my top, and that's like mainly one person. Yeah. Really, is the but but Kill Bill is also a Hollywood weird film it. because it's not our bastards behind that. Because f- K- Kill Bill is different than some of his other films in that it's not anthological in the sense that it's focused on yeah. one character. Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood, Inglorious Bastards, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, you get the perspective of all these characters, and part of the joy of witnessing it is finding the ways that they intersect and like their stories interweave right yeah i don't think i would yeah. say kill bill's focused on one person it's her i mean she's in everything i know basically. but it like it focuses on yeah everyone i mean else. he does a great job of fleshing out everybody but she's else. the main character yeah, it's right like, but it's like the focus the focus of the movie is always the bride it's like there's a couple where it's there's there are moments where it's like oh here's what this character's all about now let's go back to the bride kicking that person's yeah. ass. Whereas, like, who's the main character in Once Upon a Time? What? Who's like who? Like, it's harder to identify the main character in films like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Inglorious Bastards, um, <laughs> Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, um, The Goodest Boy. It was a girl, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was yeah. a girl. Oh, the good, the goodest yeah. girl. So it made me think of. It made me think of bad times. This film made me think of bad times at the El Royale. Which was also like you had all these different characters who we spent a lot of time with and were all like kind of at some point like the main character or whatever. But the way in which they weaved their stories together was just a little bit more enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I like I'm, I'm surprised I haven't rewatched it since. You're like referencing these experts at the interweaving things. But th- I don't think this does a good. I mean, like I no, this doesn't. Though, no, I, I would, I would argue, okay. Zach, that this doesn't, or at least it doesn't make it enjoyable enough, unless you are into. No, I don't want to say intellectually invested because that kind of sounds preposterous. But unless you have, if you already have investment into it because of the subject matter. Well, I just I feel like even if you are, like the payoff with the characters themselves is just never worth no like that's 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 the funny thing about it i'm never like i'm never like oh my god like you know arvin's gonna meet this character i'm just like oh well their paths have crossed and i don't know i got excited because everyone was getting their comeuppance like we we (laughs) get this idea of like why do bad things happen to good people for seemingly no reason with like cancer and then we get the embodiment of that in Jason Clark's character. We have no idea why he is the way he is. He's just a psychopath. We have no idea to his motivations. But yet He's somehow an artist. <laughs> but yet somehow Arvin, the person who has rejected all these kind of religious ideas, is the one who overcomes him. And so this this movie is almost in that saying, what is the point 
of American Southern religiosity, in which like it you should can be just about see religion ult- on the. That- <laughs> Couldn't you argue his lack of faith and skepticism is what saves him? Exactly. No, I think that's a point that the movie's trying to add, or question that the point's trying to. Well, ask. I'm a little. I was a little concerned about that because, like, I mean, he killed them with like zero provocation. No, he no. He no. knew they were going to kill him. He just sniffed out. Yeah, he, he, he figured it out. How they were so creepy, man. You would know if you were in the car. You would know. You would. I'd be like, shit. I'm yeah, about to but die. I wouldn't immediately shoot them. I'd probably pull out my gun and be like, get the fuck away from me. Did anyone else this just going off of shootings? Like, I really expected him in the end to get shot in the head, and the movie was going to end. Yeah, that was just yeah, how I'm, this movie I'm surprised felt like they it was went going. with a happy ending. Also, Tom Holland, no offense to him, but he needs to work on his yawn acting. (laughs) Yeah, not a a good fake sleeper. (laughs) Lauren's watching this last sequence. I ain't buying it. Uh, Nope. He's not tired one bit. (laughs) Tom Holland was the right actor for this role. He can make me believe he's Spider-Man, but he cannot make me believe (laughs) that he is He is not sleeping. Bullshit. I I don't think he's as... he's, He's not a good enough... Well, I mean, it could be his reputation, but his performance here... I disagree. I loved it. I enjoy, I liked him. He wasn't bad, but, like, when he's beating the shit out of people, it's like, he might as well be smiling. It's like, oh, look at Spidey beat the crap out of that guy. You know, like, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's I had a hard time buying the darkness inside his character. And, like, that's I think that's partly... I didn't buy he had darkness. I just thought he was protective. Yeah. Yeah. So, John, I don't... I, uh, you kind, I mean... you, Go ahead, Ben. He beat the shit out of some people. With like who a were tire like, iron. Or like, harassing his sister. Like, that's. Yeah. That's, they deserved it. They were fucking I totally assaulting his too. sister on a regular <laughs> basis. They they got what was coming to him. Who knows? If, had he not shown up, you know what they would have done to her? Nothing good. <laughs> this is this is true. But I, yeah. Okay, that's fair. I forgot about like the whole bag. And then, yeah, that could have been. But John, what? I, I don't. I, I don't know. The religious thing doesn't track for me to the back half. Like. What 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 do you what's your takeaway <laughs> to the end of the movie and the fact that this religion this is pointless? Kid... American Southern religiosity is is bullshit. All okay. religion, not just that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then how do you feel about that? I feel like this movie presents a good argument for that and a challenge to to especially people whose faith has been shaped and evolved from those roots. AKA anyone in like a Southern Baptist tradition of which like I went to a Southern Baptist church for all of high school, pretty much. I think it challenges this like people within that community to answer these questions and address these issues. So how finally. do you feel as an outsider from that community? Like what? What do you mean? An outsider what? Why do you? Because I'm kind of I, I still like consider myself like evangelical ish. Okay, so if you think <laughs> how the movie willing are is you a, to sacrifice someone? <laughs> if if you think the movie is a good argument against that, letting them near yeah. my dogs. <laughs> what Jack. do you think the value in this movie is then? I think a challenge to people in those communities to step the fuck up, to be and more, to, what? to be more, to be more like who, to be more like what, to be more like the person at the very beginning, to be more like fucking Charlotte, who fed a like a homeless man when everyone else turned him away. That she was punished for that. And she, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Everyone was punished. I know. It's not like, it's not like anyone who was righteous, like, prospered. It's like, no, just everybody in this entire movie suffers horribly. Um, you could argue that, you could argue that Marvin is, prospers. My, 
Yes. No. My takeaway is life is terrible. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it's life like, is terrible it's gonna then suck. It's awful. Which which makes me again yeah. like want want to revisit or not revisit, but visit for the first time some of these authors that that have he's been tied to because they seem to be one, they were steeped in that like time, but two, they seem to talk a lot about those themes, right? Like that life sucks and like that's it. <laughs> Or bring up these que- these moral questions or whatever. I would recommend not reading that during our current time. Tom Holland cannot yawn act, but Mia Vasakaska did a great job of dying. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. believable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have to reiterate. I got to the, like, Lauren said, I hate this movie. And I read <laughs> that and asked her about that mo- about that at the exact moment <laughs> that made her hate this movie. If that's not proof of God, I don't know what is. <laughs> Dog murder. Proof of God. <laughs> Did we just become arch enemies? <laughs> well, I think also, I mean, there's, I think another reason why that moment kind of, again, resonated with me, obviously not because I like that, because I think that's also uh, an interesting allegory or parallel of the of Abraham being asked to sacrifice Isaac and like that whole like thing. But thank you for clarifying that you don't, you don't. It, like it doesn't even have to be that. I mean, that. it's not just teaching. It's, it's just old Testament, <laughs> right? Like it's not even. Well, about, that, which, that story which, was in the old Testament. I, I understand. Exactly. But like animal, animal sacrifice was, is readily available at, at, you know. Yeah. Why not just get a chicken or a goat? Cause like, that didn't I'm mean not saying that, like, a goat. I don't fuck with goats, Ben. Have you not seen the witch? It's not a sacrifice if you don't care about the thing you murder. <laughs> Long story short, God does not exist because he continues to allow me to be afraid of E.T. is what I took from this movie. <laughs> if, it could, if he could cure a fear of spiders. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody got anything else they want to hit on this one? No, I think John talked me into liking this movie less. <laughs> I, 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 I fully expected that to be the outcome. Lauren's like, wait, I'm pro-religion if I like this movie? Okay, I no, I enjoyed it because I have a hollow skull. <laughs> There's but nothing up there. I, I did I not take anything from it. <laughs> it's it's not pro-religion. If anything, know, it's I'm, anti-religion. I'm, and it's anti-religion in a way that religious people desperately need to hear right now. So love Jesus, <laughs> not your religiosity. And come back next week. What's the name of that person? I can't pronounce the word for the movie next week. Anola? Anola? Anola Holmes. Next movie is Alona? Alona? Alora? Anola. Anola. It's like Ebola. Ebola. Ebola Ebola Holmes. Holmes. McAvee Holmes? Which stars (laughs) Henry Cavill as Sherlock Holmes, but what's the... Millie Bobby Brown plays the title character. And we also... Sam Claflin is Watson. Is Claflin Watson? Is that who he's playing? Claflin is Mycroft. Oh, okay. Is Watson not in this movie? I do not know. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, it's a Netflix. I don't know who they're targeting. Is this supposed to be like a family picture? Is it's it, based uh, on so. books, I think. So. It is based it's on like books. young adult books. Young yeah. adult female literature. Okay. Um, we like all the cast members. Lauren's going to drool at henry for a while oh fuck i'm, no, I'm excited to henry just look at him while. bursting out of like what was that tweet where he's just like stuffed into suits basically 
Um, but yeah, that's going to be our next movie. Um, I haven't heard anything about it, even though it's out. It's been out for 24 hours. Did you I... watch it yet, Ben? I wouldn't be surprised if Ben's already watched the movie. Did you watch it? Or... I have not. I've heard general enjoyment. Good. What's the name of the movie? Anola. An- An- Zach, how many Anola? times are you going to try to say this name? <laughs> I just, Anola. I don't, if I had it in front of me, I would remember. I'm not. It's I'm alone not. backwards. Like... Ilona. Renola? Enola. No, it's alone Enola. backwards. <laughs> Her name is Lara Croft. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, go see Enola. Enola Croft. That's what we're going for. And uh, until then, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. You can find us at middleofro.com. You can rate and review the podcast. Apparently, it does stuff. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear, and you can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. Um, what are we saying again? Oh, I'm Jonathan Rahul. Follow me on Twitter, another Rahul J. Follow us on Twitter at Middle of Row. Hashtag know the. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Oh man, I forgot it. Go watch Alona. <laughs> and Alona. Nola. Enola Holmes. <laughs> and remember, the best seats are in the middle of the row. It's not that I can't pronounce it, I just don't remember it.